From Relay FM, this is Connected, episode 108. Today's show is brought to you by Casper, Hover, and Braintree. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Stephen Hackett. Hello, Stephen Hackett. Hello, Michael Hurley. And somehow we are joined by the reviewer himself, Mr. Federico Vitici. Ciao, Federico. Ciao, Mike. Hey, Stephen. Uh, I feel very good uh, today. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> it was going to go one or the other way, right? You're either going to feel great or you're going to feel terrible mm. because of the amount of work that you've had to do today. Didn't you write the whole review today? I think that's what it was, Last right? night, actually. That's how, that's how, tech, Last night. That's how tech bloggers uh, do the tech blogging. Uh, you, you do it the night before uh-huh. so you can have plenty of outtakes um, the following day. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what you do. Yeah, I learned. And uh, you implemented Google Wave technology, so you can update it on the fly, right? Is for sure. Yeah, I you? got a whole workflow with uh, with Google Wave, Google Buzz, you know, all the great products. That's awesome. So we are recording. Um, we're recording today. It's iOS 10 release day. What is the date today? Does anybody know? It's 13th of September. Yeah. Which also means that Federico Vitigi has published the review that we've been talking about for the last few months. And we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about iOS 10 as well, um, because we all have some some hot takes on iOS 10. But we should probably do some follow-up to begin the show. Yeah, so we had uh, a tweet from Jason talking about Super Mario Run, which Federico and I spoke about last week. The pricing model of a free download with in-app purchase to unlock all content would prevent family sharing... Emoji for thumbs down. Typical Nintendo. All right, so someone needs to explain this to me, right? Because you can restore purchases of in-app purchases, right? But I guess on family sharing, on it doesn't work. On family sharing, you cannot share an in-app purchase, I think. Right, okay. So And restore purchases wouldn't work because it's different people's devices and IDs. Yeah, so I think that if you... I mean, I, the, the little bit I looked into this, I mean, part of the problem with family sharing is that it's not super well documented, on a, even on Apple's support site. But it seems that uh, Jason is right, that if you download this in a family sharing and both of your kids want it, you're going to be purchasing the in-app purchase twice. But again, it's it's tricky to say. So, And I, I'm not, I don't use family sharing. I don't think either of you guys do either, do you? I do, no. I do use family sharing with Sylvia, yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you surprised, Mike? <laughs> I'm very surprised. Yeah, we use family sharing. We share uh, apps from my account. So I'm like the account, the family owner, the family holder. I'm not sure what's the name. Uh, so she can download apps that I buy. But yeah, you cannot share uh, in-app purchases because it's not allowed. And I'm actually surprised by the lack of family sharing updates in iOS 10. Uh, I only briefly touch up on this in the review, but there's basically no changes. Um but yes, I do use family sharing. It works okay. Uh, we can share, like I can pay for my Apple Music subscription uh, with my account. Uh, I can share apps, but uh, free apps with in a purchase, that's a problem. You cannot do it. See, I, I understand that this is a sucky situation, but I don't blame Nintendo for this. Uh, like, I understand, like, Nintendo has a history of terrible technology, which means that you can't share things and there's no accounts, and they're changing that going forward. But I don't think this is a Nintendo problem. I don't think they're doing this to prevent people from being able to share it. I don't think they're doing this to make people buy it over and over and over again. This is just an issue with Apple's system as opposed to Nintendo making it a bad thing. Does that make sense? Like, I don't think this is Nintendo being like, ha-ha, no. I know how we'll get them. I just think that they're working within the confines of what Apple has built. Well, maybe there's someone at Nintendo rubbing their hands because they're happy that family sharing has this limitation, but I don't think it's a decision that Nintendo can make. Or may, yeah. I mean, if you want to, you, you know, 
speculate maybe Nintendo did this on purpose because they know about this limitation, but it's just it's something that applies to every developer on the App Store, uh, family sharing limitation. So maybe Nintendo is taking advantage of it. We don't know, but you know that's the basic truth is that it's a basic limitation of the OS. So there are some new iOS wallpapers. Um, I think these are the new iOS 10 wallpapers uh, that have been made for Steven. Yeah, so if you go to pick your iPhone in the store, they're using uh, these images. I don't are they I don't think I've seen these in iOS 10 in the public beta, but maybe they're there now. And it's um like these I don't know what they're supposed to be. They kind of look like gemstones, but they also kind of look like bubbles. I don't I thought they were really just know. like like weird liquid color bubbles. Blobs of color. Yeah. Anyways, they're in blue, uh pink a color based on Australian beach name, <laughs> orange and purple. So it's very much like the IMAX. So uh, Matt sent this to me. A bunch of people sent it to me. Kind of funny that to return to those colors. I've been planning on painting my new office in uh, Australian beach name. I think it's pronounced yeah. Bondi uh, with a f- with a French accent. Yeah, Bondi. A Bondi. A Bondi. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. No, that's it. Yeah, it's the French beach, right? That's the yes, one. That's yeah, that's the one. Uh, what have y'all done? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Stephen. <laughs> So, Mike, you want to make fun of me for this next item? So, everybody was buying 128 gigabyte iPhones. You know, that's that's kind of something that everybody's doing this time because it's the nice middle tier that everybody can go for. We got a nice bunch of space. And Steve had decided to go 128 gigabytes as well, but in his iPod video by putting an SSD card in it. And I'm not 100% sure why anybody would do this. I'm happy you did it, but I don't know why you've done it. What is I it? I mean... Why do I do anything? So there's this <laughs> there's this uh, little component called the iFlash. And basically, you open an iPod, take the little spinning hard drive out, put this card in, and it takes an SD card. Or the version, the, the more expensive version from what I bought, has two SD cards. And you put it, your iPod back together, and you restore it in iTunes, and it sees it. So mine, after formatting, is 116 gigs. Uh, I will say, if you've never opened an iPod, it is really difficult. And like I've opened computers for a living, Matt, I repaired Macs for almost, I guess, seven or eight years, and it is extremely difficult to do an iPod. I've, in fact, I have like a huge cut across the back of two of my fingers from doing this. It's not super pleasant. But now I have a super light, super fast, um, with a new battery. I also put in it super long-lasting iPod. So. This is going to be my car iPod. Uh, the one I, I did have in the car was acting up, and so I decided, hey, it'd be kind of fun to, to do something Why do um, you like want this. a car iPod, though? Like, I've seen you use your iPhone with Bluetooth or something. And I, and I do most of the time, but, like, I don't leave a lot of, like, kids' music and stuff on my phone, and right, so it's right, nice right, to have, right. like, our entire library. Now, with 128-gig iPhone I have showing up on Friday, um, you know, that, that'll change a little bit, but because I don't stream any music, uh, I'm... Sometimes I'm in a situation where somebody wants to hear something I don't have, and um, and this iPod is uh, is uh, ready to take on that mantle. It's a, it's an interesting project. It's just really funny, you know, because this isn't even like a thing that you're just doing for for the lols. Like you actually just really want this, and that's <laughs> yeah. I find that really endearing. I was on an airplane ride uh, the end of last week uh, going to Portland, and. My my phone uh, was uh, I needed to basically reserve the battery I had left in my phone, so it was actually off in my bag. And I was listening to music on the iPod, and uh, we got up at the end of the flight, and the woman who was sitting next to me 
It's like, oh, that's really funny. I haven't seen an iPod in a long time. And uh, so I just had a little moment of like, yep, that's that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm hanging out like it's uh, 2005, but it works. iPhone reviews are out. Everybody's been publishing their iPhone reviews today. Big day for Reed and stuff. Yeah, so Daring Fireball, The Verge, TechCrunch, those are the three that I've read so far. It, it's funny, the reviews seem to be mostly positive and you know some are more positive than others but there's i feel like there's an undercurrent in at least a couple of them of if you're ready for an upgrade this is a great phone but if you're not or if your phone's okay then wait to next year which i just find you know that's not necessarily a new thing but it feels a little more pronounced this year yeah i uh a lot of people as well are commenting about uh the camera you know saying that it's uh it's good but not incredible yet right on the on the plus model um but i think that it's just a little addition right and the 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 zoom thing i'm looking forward to but the proof is really going to be in the pudding for the portrait mode and it is a shame that they can't ship this right now you know like everybody that i've read so far like i've i've read uh gruber's review and i watched the verges video which is really good um they're kind of saying that like we have no idea what's gonna what it's going to look like yet, right? Like this could be a big feature for the phone, but we just don't know if it's going to be any good, which is a shame. Um, and also the, you know, the headphone jack is a thing. People are talking about it. I think it's worth talking about. I think it's worth thinking about. Uh, and, and I liked kind of Nilay Patel's overall thing of like, this is a device that's maybe slightly ahead of its time in a few ways. And that can be both a good thing and a bad thing. I think that's a really nice way of thinking about this device is it's like it's maybe a little bit further ahead of headphone technology than it should be, but then also the cameras are far further ahead than it should be, right? Because if the hardware is further ahead than the software is, it's like a really interesting way to think about this device. But it's also a good thing too, like the quad-core processor is ahead of its time, like nobody else is doing what they're doing here. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's a good way to think about this phone, and it might be like you know, like you say, the idea that it ends up being that if you can wait a little bit longer, it might be better because everything will start to catch up after. And I think that's fair, right? I mean, there are going to be people who find the headphone jack more of a problem than others. But I think over time, whether it's the right decision or not, kind of will matter less and less as the world moves on. And that's what Apple does, right? They make a decision and things get pushed forward, kind of uh, with or without your, your will or your opinion. Federica, have you read any of the reviews? I was able to read John Gruber's uh, and to watch the Verge video. And I was surprised by the fact that Apple seeded uh, pre-production AirPods, uh, you know, units to journalists this week. Um, but notice how nobody really reviewed the AirPods because they were uh, not final. So I'm curious to see, like, because everybody seems to be liking them, but I'm curious to see how they will improve, if they will improve, come the final launch in, in sometime in October. Uh, I, I yeah, Neil, I said in his review um, that Apple said he couldn't. No, no. so I I think then the video, it's confusing. I saw somebody on Twitter ask him about that, and he says that their policy is not to review non-final products. Oh, So okay. I think it was a policy decision, which it's I would agree with. Thing. Yeah, I think that's yeah. the right thing to do, because they're not, probably not ready, right? So, you know. They're not done yet. But yeah, yep. you know, it's interesting because everybody seems to be liking those things and I have my reservations, but uh, I'm, I'm looking to try them out as well, the AirPods. It is a shame that we can't get them all on the same day, 
right? Like, it's clear why Apple gave them to reviewers because it helps with the headphone situation. So it's mm-hmm. a shame that we also can't do that, you know? Like, it's this, this device is really weird because there are a bunch of things going on here, but there's a bunch of things we can't do anything with. Like, we can't use the camera to its full potential yet. We can't use the wireless to its full potential yet because we don't have the Apple-built Bluetooth headphones. It's, it's kind of strange. It's kind of strange. Also, if you want a black version, you'll have to wait until, like, <laughs> I don't know, 12th and ever or something. Yeah. So, yeah. Tichi, you didn't re- uh, pre-order, did you? No, I didn't pre-order. My plan is to show up sometime <laughs> during the week at the Apple Store, see what it's happens. Like, hey, do you not know who I am? Like, no, I'm Federico Vatici. No, I wrote no. this big review, right? No. Like, where's my phone? I don't do that. I just show up and hope <laughs> for the best, basically. Um, I, I, I think I'll probably try to go there late in the morning and see what's left. I mean, if it, if uh, only the, uh, the 256 gigabyte model is left, I'll get the one. I don't care. Uh, I just yeah. don't like doing the pre-order and then it comes to your house and you got to wait for shipping. I just want to go to the store with, with my credit card and buy, buy an iPhone, you know. Why didn't you try and reserve though? Like that's because what I uh, it's not available in in Italy this time. Oh, uh, it opens I'm up sorry. again on the seventeenth. So okay. uh, usually, what I would do is I would make a reservation, go there, and get the iPhone. You know, that's what I've been doing yeah. with the iReserve webpage for the past couple of years. But it wasn't open yeah. this time, and Apple put up a notice on the Italian website that it, it's going to resume uh, reservation on the seventeenth. So at this point, I might as well just go to the store and you know see what's left. Yeah, and then maybe try and reserve one as well in case they haven't got any yeah, or whatever. Yeah, Because this is the first time that Italy's a launch country, right? Indeed. Or is it? Indeed, it is the first time. Yeah. So maybe next year you'll get the reserve. Because the reserve was only is only a recent thing in the UK, like reserve for launch day. All right, we should talk about iOS 10 come out today. Uh, but first, let me take a moment to thank our first sponsor for this week's episode, and that is Braintree, code for easy mobile payments. Maybe you're hard at work at the next Uber, Airbnb, or GitHub. You're trying to make that next big app, that next big platform. Then why not use the same simple payment solutions that help them become what they are today? Braintree makes mobile payments so fast, easy, and seamless, it's almost magical. Add it to your app with just a few lines of code, and you're instantly ready to accept Apple Pay and Android Pay, PayPal, Venmo, credit cards, even Bitcoin. And if some other new way to pay comes along, Braintree will support that too. Braintree's fast payouts and continuous support means that you'll always be ready whether you're earning your first dollar or your billionth. See fewer abandoned carts and more sales with Braintree's best-in-class mobile checkout experience. To check it for yourself, visit braintreepayments.com slash connected. Once again, that is braintreepayments.com slash connected. Thank you so much to Braintree for their support of Connected and Relay FM. All right, so today iOS 10 is released, um, and I wanted to spend a little time talking about it. Clearly, we don't need to review it because that's been done already. Uh, but I figured we could just touch on some of the things that we're all excited about, some things that we're not so excited about. I mean, for me at least, and I think for everyone, like stickers and iMessage apps are winning the day. They're like probably going to be the big thing, right? TG, you've spent a lot of time with this. I think from a consumer perspective, would you agree with that? Like it's going to be the stickers and the iMessage apps? Oh, absolutely. I think there's a huge focus on iMessage in, in iOS 10. And I think it's the, I mean, I I wrote in the review, I haven't feel, felt this excited about uh, the App Store since the beginning, basically. And it feels like a new era for 
and you know apps and and sharing with stickers and you know even emoji to a degree there's a whole like iMessage is the blockbuster update uh in iOS 10 for sure so let's talk about a few of them um now as we record a bunch of these aren't available in the store so you may need to search your local app store of choice to get them uh but i found because the store went live last night and i found the sticker pack which somebody created by looking through my window it's called the hipster sticker pack and the <laughs> icon is basically me and it's i'm so happy yeah it really looks like you i love it i'm really happy with it and it's got a bunch of things in it like uh polaroid cameras and old tvs and record players and cassettes it really makes me laugh and i love it so that's a cool one um the icon factory have generated an incredible amount of stickers right how many packs do they have federico uh 15 i think 14 or 15 they're still waiting for review on a bunch of them i think but they have a whole family of stickers yeah and they're all independent packs right they're not just one app they're doing right. some some interesting things like they have independent packs but if you uh, if you buy more of them you can unlock bonus stickers in other packs so they're trying to kind of have this sense of a sticker family from the same company so if you buy more of them you can unlock additional stickers uh in the in the sticker browser in iMessage it's a very interesting idea and uh David Lanham is doing something similar right there are David Lanham has uh, teamed up with the folks at Impending. They do the Fugu game. I don't know what's the the name of uh, the app itself. Uh, and they have created this sticker pack called um, Sticker Pals. I I think it's still waiting for review, but it's basically the most amazing <laughs> illustrations I've ever seen in a sticker pack. It looks fantastic, seriously. And uh, it's got hundreds of stickers. And it's not a simple sticker pack like one of the basic ones that you just basically just see the images and you scroll and you use a sticker. It's a whole custom sticker app. So you got categories in the in the sticker view. You can switch between them. There's sound effects. There's animations. Wow. There's a way to unlock more stickers with uh, with uh, in, in-app store so you can buy more. There's a way to send gifts to people so they can unwrap them. Uh, there's a Man. use of coins, I think. It's very rich and it's beautiful to look at. And there's sounds. The sounds are amazing. It's by far my favorite sticker pack and we're just waiting for it to get approved because wow. we want to feature it on Mac Stories. Yeah. Sounds awesome. It's awesome. And I mean, if you, if you love David's style, I mean, he's great. But I, I truly believe that both David and the Icon Factory, I think with the with iMessage sticker packs, they've found really a new avenue to you know to show to to show off their work. It's amazing. So I guess this the the between I guess maybe the Icon Factory one and the David Lanham one, you can see the the different ways that you can do this stuff. I mean, and I know that even the Icon Factory ones are built like independent applications, but they are effectively just each packs. They just have different colors in the background. But then the 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 sticker piles one is like a full iMessage application which has stickers in it because there are a couple of different ways you can do it right yeah you can do you can do a basic sticker pack which only requires you to drop a bunch of image files into xcode create a new you know simple sticker pack project you drag and drop images and you create a sticker pack you have basic control over a few settings but then you can also use the messages framework to create a sticker app that has a custom sticker browser and that's where you can unlock more functionality and that's where you're going to see developers experiment a little more with crazy ideas such as for example navigation uh sounds custom effects and just in general 
you can access more features because you, you can create a full iOS app. You can access iOS frameworks and you just implement the sticker behavior. So you can create an iMessage app that is primarily a sticker browser, but also with a few additions, with a few extra features that can complement the experience and make it a little more you know, special, make it richer. And that's what you're going to see with the sticker pals, with other sticker apps on the App Store. It's difficult to explain, but I feel like you don't need to explain this difference to users because there's a sticker pack that's only a bunch of images and then there's a sticker app with a lot more functionalities and i mean if you if you're an artist and you just want to create some stickers the basic sticker packs are fine you know because they give you an opportunity to be on the message app store and there's also a third way to offer uh, stickers which is you can build an extension to an existing ios app so what we're going to see what we're already seeing on the iMessage app store all of those like kimoji just moji keep custom keyboards for ios 9 they used to be uh, confused with emoji by people but actually don't send don't generate emoji they're just like custom images those are going to offer iMessage extensions so you can still buy the app from the regular ios App Store, so Kimoji or Jasmoji, for example, but those apps can bundle an iMessage extension so that you can use stickers in iMessage. And there's a, you know, this way of giving developers a few options to offer extensions. It's a like the underlying theme of iOS 10. It's all about extensions. And it means that there will be lots and lots and lots of them, right? Like every game I have is getting updates, like with stickers. Uh, and there are a couple of other cool ones. Mario is great. There's a Mario sticker pack. There's an amazing Star Wars one. Um, so that'll be in the show notes too. Have you guys run into the fun iPad multitasking bug with stickers? It is not fun. So my understanding is, from best I can tell, is if you are if you are multitasking with messages, you can't drag stickers up into the conversation and attach them to message bubbles, which is was really infuriating because I, I it took me a minute to realize what was happening. But if your message is full screen, it works. Um, Frederick, have you heard anything about that bug or why it's happening or maybe when we'll see a resolution? I haven't heard anything, honestly. I I just guess it's one of those bugs that got left over in the final release and it's probably going to get fixed with a with a minor update. Uh, but it's still very annoying, especially if you use messages you know, on the iPad Pro in split viewers yep. that you're working and you're trying to do something else, for example, prepare show notes, and you want to you know, discuss uh, with Mike Hurley, for instance, and you want to use stickers in split view while well, you can't. It's, the only it's very way annoying. Communicate. I know, I know. It makes me really sad because I mostly use messages in split view um, because I do it on my iPads and I can't use, I have to, can't drag the stickers. I have to close my replication. It's really annoying. Uh, before we move off stickers, though, I mean, the elephant in the room, <laughs> we are making stickers. There is going to be a Relay FM sticker pack. Um, which will be bundled with our Relay FM application. It's in the works. We don't have a date yet, but it's coming. And we have some amazing sticker designs, and we're going to have one sums that we'll be able to add in over time. But we're working on it, uh, so we, you'll be you can rest assured that we will tell you when it's happened. But if you want to get ahead of the curve, just go download the Relay FM app. I'll put a link in the show notes, um, and then as soon as it's updated, there'll be some amazing stickers in there for you. Um, should we talk about applications? Any cool like iMessage apps? The Carrot Weather one I really like. Uh, because Well, mainly because I just love Carrot Weather. It's my favorite weather application. Um, and I've, I think that, that that one works pretty well. Like You can uh, do you can show people forecasts and stuff. Um, and it's it's got a pretty nice view. It, like, it just looks like the Carrot Weather app within iMessage, which is quite cool. 
Um, that one of my other favorites is one called Emoji Stickers. Is that in the App Store yet, Federico? Uh, emoji Stickers, I don't know, because I checked earlier today and it still wasn't live. Okay, but well, Emoji I mean, Stickers is an application that allows you to create um, your own custom stickers out of the Emoji 1 set. And so I've been doing this to like create my own custom emoji stickers. You can build them with other emojis. So you take like the nerd face emoji and put a UK flag behind them. And then you have a little mic sticker to put everywhere. It's one of my very, very favorites. I was on the beta for it for a bit. Um, and I have been using this one like every single day. I think it's awesome. R- real-time follow-up from John Voorhees uh, says emoji stickers is in the App Store now. So it's Perfect. live on the message app store. Yeah. So Thanks, very John. cool. I mean, you can mix and match uh, these emoji characters. I've been making pineapple pizza stickers or Italian Actually. stickers with the with an Italian man eating pasta, for example. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a, it's also featured somewhere on Mac Stories. Yeah, it's very fun. So that's that's one that I really like, and that's like another example of combining apps and stickers together. Um, there was one that I haven't played with too much, but I think it's kind of cool, which is Do With Me. Can you explain what Do With Me is, Federico? So Do With Me is one type of iMessage app that I think we're going to see quite often in the next few months. It's a collaborative iMessage app, and it's a shared to-do list. So one of the features that it's probably the most difficult part of the review to explain. You can build, uh, as a developer, you can build collaborative iMessage apps to let multiple participants in a conversation collaborate on the same uh, interactive message. So an interactive message is a message bubble that you can tap on and open a custom view, open an app. And with collaborative apps, such as Do With Me, uh, you can, for example, create a to-do list, you share it on iMessage, and then on the other end, the user, you know, your friend taps on the message bubble and it opens the to-do list and they can add new items to this list. So for example, let's say you're planning a grocery list with your partner. You can share this message bubble with do with me on iMessage. Then you can add a bunch of items. The other end can add more items to your shopping list, resend the message, and it's going to update showing you the complete list of items added by multiple participants in a conversation. And if you think about this, uh, the possible implementations of collaboration in iMessage for uh, shopping lists in the family. I mean, that's going to be an obvious one. But even task managers to share a specific list uh, with multiple people, for example. And it's another way for developers to offer uh, specific functionality outside of the scope of the main app where people actually talk with each other. So task managers often... uh, have collaboration features built in with messaging, but now you can use the messaging app that a lot of people actually use on a daily basis. I mean, I don't talk with Mike on Todoist, I talk with Mike on iMessage. So now these apps can offer a shared to-do list on iMessage. And it's not the, I mean, it doesn't have all of the functionalities of, of the main app, but it's a fun, quick way to, you know, share specific bits of data and collaborate with people inside a conversation. Seeing this sort of stuff, it, it like it builds a dream for me where like I could have my to-do list app, but then a specific list could be shared with an individual and that data could sh- could sync between the messages and the application, right? So like let's say, for example, that me and Federico were planning something for remaster. we could I could have it in my task manager, he could have it in his task manager, but it's also in the messages app so we can go in there together to collaborate and all of that data is shared across. Like That could be where we're going here and it would be glorious. It's just like it gives messages as like a 
base for collaboration, right? Like there's there is the base, there is like the the main way that people will collaborate, and then they use the applications within it to to do that. But whilst we're talking about the applications, the UI really needs some work here, and it is not scaling very well even on day one, right? Like the picker breaks really fast, so like you you have like the the panes that you swipe between. Basically, everybody I think by the end of the day. Uh, will have broken that UI where like the the little dots for, to indicate um, the different apps kind of start to sneak underneath other images, other like pieces of, inter- of uh, interface. I mean, it doesn't. It's one of the most problematic aspects of the iMessage uh, app situation is the whole app switching UI. Um, it doesn't scale to over thirty apps. Uh, it's clearly broken because the the indicators at the bottom like overflow over the edges of the screen and. But at a more fundamental level, I feel like it's not just the the visual glitches and the bugs. It's just the whole idea of too many taps involved to switch between iMessage apps and stickers. Especially when you consider how Facebook Messenger, for example, allows users to have like a custom uh, bar at the top of of Messenger with uh, shortcuts to apps and other features. And I feel like in this first version... It's a repeat of the slide over problem from last year with the iPad multitasking, the way that you choose apps. It's very slow, it's very limited, and it's not customizable at all. And I feel like uh, Apple needs to rethink the the entire idea of how you switch between apps in multitasking on the iPad, and at the same time, how you switch between apps and stickers on iMessage. Uh, because right now, they're kind of forcing you to go at least over uh, with two or three taps to switch from a normal text conversation to the iMessage app drawer. Uh, Instead, uh, I would like to be able to remove the digital touch shortcut, which I don't think a lot of people will use, uh, and put up my own shortcuts uh, next to the iMessage text field. So I can, for example, quickly access my favorite stickers or quickly access my favorite to-do list. Um, And I mean, if if you want to go the extra mile, you could even allow per-conversation app shortcuts. So for example, when I talk to Mike, I could have specific shortcuts to to-do lists or some stickers. And when I talk to my mom, I could have, you know, dog stickers, for example. But that's, you know, just thinking way ahead. For now, even just basic fix for the iMessage <laughs> app indicators that would go a long way. Something that had been driving me crazy, and I'd only just worked out what the problem was last night, was I would open the app thing and go to like the home screen looking view and rearrange them, right? To the order that I wanted them in. Then I would go to the view where you're kind of swiping through the pages and it wasn't in the same order. And the whole time I've been driving myself crazy. Like, I'm reordering them. Why are they not keeping the order? And I kept asking Federico about this. But now I've worked out that they're completely independent of each other, right? Like, the order that you set in, like, the home screen view where you have the little bubbles doesn't equate to the view where you're swiping through pages. It's maddening. Truly maddening. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, what is judging the other view? And, like, why would I be... Like, what's the point in me rearranging this stuff if it doesn't keep it? Like, those two things shouldn't be independent. It doesn't make any sense to me. Is yeah, it, like, it, it, recency or something that, that dictates the other view? I, I think, best I can tell, it may be the number of times you've used that sticker pack, but I don't even... I'm not even sure about that. I mean, it feels like this whole little section of the UI was... I mean, clearly developed before any third-party stuff was available. And, you know, Apple had, what, three, four, five sticker packs available in the during the beta. And maybe they just didn't test it past that or, or consider 
what would happen past that, which is a startling oversight. But one, I, my guess is they're going to see this today and that this would be fixed in the next, you know, the next update. Well, if sure. it's I not, mean, I'd, be, I'd be surprised. Federico has been tweeting about this for like a month, right? Like, yeah, I, I don't think you it was guys. very difficult. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in, there is a, Apple has a history of this, right? Like they release iOS and when people actually get it, they break it in an interesting way. But this one, I just, I don't give them the credit of that. Like this is an easy problem to foresee. I just, I don't see how they got this way. They were like, oh, there'll only ever be five sticker packs. <laughs> like did they, did you expect that? I feel like we need to sit down at Apple uh, with some Apple engineers, uh, Apple designers, and say, look, you've got to rethink the way that you think people switch between apps. Because the slide over app picker, the iMessage app door, like there has to be a better way to move between apps. And kind of, you know, let's rethink it all, you know? Uh, it's kind of crazy to me that the slide over multitasking UI on the iPad more than a year later still designed that way, you know? doesn't make any sense. It shows you three apps at the same time and you got to swipe and swipe it. There's no search bar. And on, on iMessage, how could you not imagine that on day one, users would just buy them all and download them all just out of curiosity? How can you miss that, right? And it's somewhat concerning, but at least, you know, at least they're fun. So I think the cuteness of the stickers kind of balances out the visual problems. <laughs> Let's talk about some other things. So 3D Touch has been significantly enhanced throughout iOS um, with with 10. Federico, can you give like a, a brief overview as to what 3D Touch can give you if you have a, an iPhone? There's a bunch of 3D Touch additions to, uh, in iOS 10, the, Perhaps the most visible one is the widgets on the home screen, which I don't fully understand. But still, um, if you tap, press on an app, besides the quick actions that were added last year, you can now view the same widget in compact mode that you view in the search screen or notification center. Uh, there's also a lot of 3D touch shortcuts uh, across the system. There's a, you can press on the clear icon in Notification Center to clear all notifications at once, like on the Apple Watch. Uh, there's a plenty of use of 3D Touch in the Apple in the new Apple Music app. So you can press on songs to open a menu. You can press on the now playing bar to open a contextual menu. Um, there's 3D Touch. Uh, in messages, if you press on a person avatar at the top to open uh, shortcuts, there's 3D touching contacts even more, in maps to open contextual menus for locations. And in general, it feels like uh, Apple is using 3D touch in a more, de- in a more deliberate way as a, as a contextual menu slash time saver solution. Instead of basing entire interfaces on 3D touch, they're kind of doing it to save time, and perhaps this is best uh, exemplified by notifications. So you can swipe down on a notification to expand it, but you can also press on it. So if you just pick up your phone and you don't have to press any button to wake it from, you know, from sleep because there's race to wake in iOS 10, uh, there's a bunch of notifications on the lock screen. You can just press on a notification to pop up a bigger preview if an app has been updated for iOS 10. And it feels like when you consider 3D Touch and the upcoming uh, haptics on the iPhone 7, there's a lot of potential for apps to gain a more physical kind of feel. And uh, it's one of the things that I want to test as soon as I get an iPhone 7. Uh, You know, this combination of 3D Touch and the Taptic Engine kind of opens up a new dimension for apps on the iPhone, uh, which 
of course, begs the question, what's going to happen with the iPad? Because as, as Apple keeps adding more and more 3D Touch features on the iPhone, the iPad, which doesn't have 3D Touch, is going to be left out. And for now, Apple, again, is using the fallback option of swipes and long presses to, you know, to replace 3D Touch. But how long until Apple is like, we want to do these 3D Touch-only functionalities on the iPhone can we do the same on the iPad or should we just cut the feature from the iPad and do it on, on the iPhone only? Uh, that's going to be one of the things to follow going forward. How do they balance this 3D touch on the iPhone, non-3D touch on the iPad? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of worry that they're a little ahead of the curve with that. There's still a lot of iPhones out there, a lot of old um, iPads. In fact, just yesterday, someone who has, I think, a, I guess a 6 you know, just had just updated to the iOS 10 beta just a couple of days ago, and were like asking me like they were like trying to understand how they did certain things with that on my phone with 3D Touch are, are very simple, and so there's that tension there, right, of trying to pull ahead with this feature but still needing support uh, a huge base of devices that are less than a or you know, over a year old. But um, all in all, like I think I think they're the way they're applying 3D Touch is is really interesting that. I don't think anything that requires 3D Touch, like if you didn't know it was there, you could still do everything. But it's sort of that that extra layer of flexibility and and options to to treat things differently if you know it is there. So I'm okay with the balance they've struck, but um, I have a phone that supports it. I, I don't know if I'd feel differently if I was on a phone without 3D Touch. Professor Tichi, I need your help. Okay. How does the lock screen work? Okay, so slide to unlock is gone. So now when you swipe on the lock screen, you don't unlock the phone anymore. Uh, at least you don't bring up the passcode anymore. You bring up the search screen, which is a spotlight and widgets. So on the lock screen, there's a new message at the bottom that says, press home to unlock. And from a technical perspective, there's a difference here to understand. So Apple tells you, press the home button to unlock your phone because that's an illusion that they can sell to users. It's easy to understand. Press the home button and with Touch ID, you unlock the phone. But actually, the unlocking, so the authentication and leaving the lock screen are two separate actions. So you can just place your finger on the Touch ID sensor without clicking the home button and you're going to unlock your phone. You're going to authenticate into Touch ID. So don't think of unlocking as leaving the lock screen. Think of the verb unlocking as giving access to my credentials. So you can unlock the phone without clicking the home button. And when you do so, you're going to see the padlock in the status bar uh, with an animation be unlocked. So why would you want to unlock the phone without leaving the lock screen? Well, maybe it's a notification that requires a uh, confirmation from you, such as deleting an email message or a widget that wants to show you personal data, but it's on the lock screen, so of course it needs to make sure that it's really you. So you can place your finger on Touch ID, you're going to unlock the phone, but you're not going to leave the lock screen. Or you can, in one go, place your finger on the home button and click it. And when you click it, two things are actually going on. It's reading your Touch ID and it's registering the click as a, your intention to say, okay, I want to leave the lock screen, take me to the home screen. So Apple tells you with a single message, press home to unlock, but behind the scenes, it's a two-step process. 
you can try this for yourself. It's very easy. Place your finger on Touch ID, and it's going to authenticate you. You're going to see the padlock in the status bar be unlocked. Then, with another finger, even your pinky, you know, just click the home button, and you're going to leave the lock screen. That's because it's a two-step process. The first step is Touch ID. The second step is clicking the home button. But Apple doesn't tell you so because it just says press home to unlock. Because on the second generation Touch ID, the Touch ID is so accurate, when you click it, it also registers Touch ID. It doesn't fail, so it incorporates two steps into one action. So now to get to the home screen, I pick up my phone and push the button, right? Yeah. Okay. So it's it's very it is different in a way. I mean, but it's it's yeah. the it's in the reverse because I mean that's how I've been getting to my phone since Touch ID came around, right? Like I would click it to wake the phone, yeah. and then the Touch ID would authenticate and I would get into the phone, right? Yes. But now it's doing it kind of in the opposite way around because the raise to wake should be waking the phone, then the Touch ID unlocks the phone, and then the push gets me to the phone. So it's the same actions, but in a in a kind of a reversed order. That that's pretty much it. Yeah, and the reason is uh, Apple wants you to be able to use the lock screen without the risk of unlocking a device. So if you count all of the different changes going on, so there's race to wake, so you no longer need to click any button, whether it's the sleep button or the home one. Uh, so there's race to wake, and then they want you to be able to stay on the lock screen without leaving the lock screen and you know jumping into the home screen. So, but at the same time, how can you handle authentication? Because if there's a widget that shows you your, your personal health data, for example, you don't want that to be available to anyone who picks up your phone and swipes, right? So they're gonna have they needed to unbundle the the unlocking and authentication behavior but at the same time they're telling you with a single message at the bottom of the of the lock screen in fact if you just authenticate with touch id besides the lock animation in the status bar the message at the bottom also changes so when it's not authenticated it says press home to unlock when it's authenticated it says press home to open because it takes you, it opens the lock screen and it takes you to the home screen. It's going to take some getting used to. Yeah, but you'll get used to it. I mean, is it really useful, though, to unlock it and see the widgets? Like, is it actually useful? Well, it depends, right? It depends on the on the widgets that you keep installed. It depends on the notifications, yeah. uh, the actions that you want to use. And, okay. I, I mean, of course, even for Siri on the lock screen, you know. Um, it's a It's a different way of thinking about the the lock screen because apple really wants you to discover that search screen in fact i uh in my lock screen section i opened with uh the first interaction with ios 10 is likely going to be an accidental swipe because a lot of people are gonna slide to unlock but instead of seeing the passcode uh, screen you're gonna see the widgets so now you're gonna be like oh okay so now i can view widgets here that's kind of useful and the lock screen experience has more than a list of missed alerts that's what Apple wants you to discover and to hopefully use. Now we're gonna have to see if you know if apps take advantage of that or not. That's really beautiful, Rylan. By the way, I like that part. Like it will be that is how it's gonna be. It's a really good observation. Like people are gonna do it wrong, and that's gonna be their first interaction with. with yeah, with it's iOS. a way to it's a way to increase discoverability by playing on how people are gonna get it wrong. So you use a, you know, you use a confusion 
as a discovery <laughs> mechanism in a way. <laughs> you did this wrong, but look, widgets are your prize. Exactly. Uh, before we wrap up on iOS 10, Federico, you mentioned this a couple of times in your review, um, and without completely spoiling the review, because uh, people should definitely go read it, um, you mentioned atomic units and like apps breaking up as one, being one of the big themes of iOS 10. What does this mean? Well, it means that the idea of an app is changing, not in the sense that the technical nature of an app is changing, you still download apps from the App Store, but the idea of increased extensibility of using... There, there was a line from, I think, from Phil Schiller or Craig Federighi a while ago. Uh, people want to use apps where, where they want to use them. And in the sense that going past the idea of, I'm using an app, I go back to the home screen, I use another app, I go back to the home screen, I use another app. So this jumping back and forth... Uh, instead, what iOS 10 wants to do is to have app features come to you in a bunch of different places. And that that kind of transition was started with iOS 8, was kind of paused in iOS 9, but now it's back in you know full speed in iOS 10 to be able to have app functionalities in the places where they make the most sense. And you can see this in you know the lock screen and widgets everywhere, spotlight search everywhere, Siri. Uh, maps extensions. I mean, you're going to be able to start a restaurant reservation in Maps. So instead of looking up uh, you know, a restaurant in a dedicated app, you can just go into Maps, look it up because that's the app that you use for directions and you know to explore, and you're going to see an app extension there. Um, there's a whole discussion about Maps extensions, but that's probably too long. Um, the idea is, and of course iMessage, right? Instead of sharing, you know, like a to-do list or weather forecast, you can just do it all inside messages. So this increased uh, modularity, if you will, of the idea of an app to be able to have the single app on the home screen, that's for sure, but also some functionality of that app embedded into other parts of the system. So instead of moving back and forth, you can save time by having contextual features in the places where they're most useful. So whether it's iMessage, whether it's Siri, or the lock screen, widgets, maps, uh, even CarPlay to a degree, uh, it's it's a, this effort to let developers break up their apps in a bunch of little pieces so users can, can access those apps without constantly jumping back and forth between apps on the home screen. So just before we uh, we move on and actually talk about Federico's review, uh, we're seeing a bunch of reports coming in from the chat room that I, the iOS 10 update is out and it's bricking devices again. So beware, Apple seemed to keep having this problem of every update that they put out that it bricks devices. And there's reports of it doing it to iPads and iPhones. So YOLO, I guess. This week's episode is brought to you by Hover. Hover are the place. They are the, the, the destination that you should go to to get the domain name that you need for the great idea, project, blog, store that you're looking to start. You need to give your next project the perfect name, and finding that perfect name is so easy with Hover. With Hover, you'll be able to get your domain set up with with basically all the popular websites really easily, all the great website builders. You can use Hover Connect to automatically connect your domain to them in just a few clicks. There's no more digging through help articles and copying and pasting strings of text into admin panels to get your domain working. You just go there, you click it, 
You choose what you want and it's done. And if you already have a bunch of domains scattered across other domain providers, you can save money by bringing them all to Hover. And all eligible domains will include free Whois privacy so your private information is kept private. And with volume discounts, the more domains you have in your account, the more of a discount Hover will automatically apply. Find the perfect domain name for your idea. Go to Hover.com and use the promo code 10 T-E-N at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Thank you so much to Hover for their support of this show and Relay FM. So I was thinking about your review, Federico, and trying to like put in my mind, what is this? Like, I don't even think, I think review is a bad word for it now. Like, I think that is the, the word that we ascribe to these things because it's, something that comes out on the day and it has your opinions in it and it's about the thing. But I think it's a resource now because of the way that you have changed your style over the last couple of years from writing a piece that was your opinion to this is the documentation of all of the changes, what they mean and how they work. Like you basically have created part guide, part documentation Part review like it is like a definitive thing which is why what is it 1.5 million words is that what it is or no did i get that wrong it's <laughs> it's 50,000 words but see that's what i'm saying right a 50,000 word review seems huge but if it's a 50,000 word resource that's a totally different I, thing I, and that's how i think of it uh i i use review in the title because you gotta sell something to people it's the I mean, understood a, name for a type it's of, the understood type of thing. name but it's just like the iphone is not a phone it's just what people know right um and it's i don't look at it as a review or as a guide i look at it as a story and it's a story that's hopefully highly descriptive a little technical in places where it needs to be uh, and it's personal and you can, I can be, you know, you can agree or disagree with me, um, but it's it's a story, right? Because it's intermixed with descriptions and overviews and opinions and testing apps, and it's um, it's not the traditional model, I, I guess, of doing reviews. Uh, it's not just that I'm sitting down with iOS 10 and I'm like, okay, here's what's new, here's what's changed. It's uh, I, I don't know how to describe it. I just look at it as a story. It's also why I don't use the review category on Mac Stories for this one. It's stories. Uh, because it's, it, it is a story, right? It's reviewing. It's in the title because, you know, that's how we can relate to it. You know, how everyone can relate to it. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I guess um, something that I want to do every year. And um, last year was the first time... And I learned a lot of lessons and I tried to apply those this time. And in the process, we went a little crazy with the, with the final product. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk well, about uh, that final product. Like the website version of the review is very different this year to previous years. Yes. Uh, so what we wanted to do is uh, we were looking, me and Silvia and Alessandro is my web developer. We were looking at last year and we were talking, we were like, so this review is pretty good. There's a lot of content, but it's also a whole block of text. And it can be difficult for people to navigate this block of text uh, because we added pagination last year, 
but still that wasn't enough there were the if you were to visually differentiate the text from the images it was the you know the, the scale was tipping all over you know in favor of text so this time we asked ourselves how can we have an even deeper review but make you feel lighter when reading the review and the answer was we got to do a whole new design and that came with a um, a few aesthetic preferences but also every one of them i think has a functional role in the in the review on the website so for example there's a whole new way of navigating chapters so we built this custom table of contents uh, top bar uh which includes navigation between sections uh a drop down to view every section with the page they belong to and also an icon to switch between light theme and dark theme um we re we we reimagine the idea of chapters and sections so every new chapter starts with a cover image to give you the idea of progress and to give you the idea of okay i'm starting a new chapter and titles are all new we're going with uh this new bold big font for titles in the middle of the screen so they clearly stand out uh and you can view your progress you know from section to section we have aside boxes so these little information boxes that can be to the left to the right or to the center and they contain uh somewhere in the middle of an aside and a footnote but it also contains images uh and it's a way to have information on the side without making it too hidden like a footnote and also with the same media that we can have like images and you know screenshots and stuff then we we were looking at it as we went through the, the design and we also considered uh all of these design changes in iOS 10 it's fine to show them with screenshots and images but we need to do animations as well and how can we do animations we we didn't want to have gifs in the in the review because you know gifs are computationally intensive they take up a lot of space on the cdn and thankfully <laughs> apple is shipping a webkit change in ios 10 where mp4 uh, actually h264 videos can autoplay like gifs and apple had a post on the webkit blog about using ht h264 video as a gif replacement and we've been using that uh to i think to good extent in the review instead of having gifs we can have this beautifully rendered hd uh most of them are actually 1080p video of ios emotion and with that so they they autoplay as soon as you as you you know scroll past them but in addition to uh, to having this autoplay we built a custom replay controller so that when you view the animation for the first time if instead of looping through the animation as you're reading which can be distracting if maybe there's a long paragraph that you want to concentrate on uh we built this custom replay controller so can you you can replay the animation uh whenever you want and of course we also added support for captions which you know uh it's integrated with the with the video itself we did galleries so you know sometimes i want to show off different parts of the same app but i don't want to have one image one screenshot screenshot after the other so we built galleries you can swipe between them those captions in galleries um 
what else did we do? I, I uh, honestly can't remember. There's video with audio. So there's a bunch of examples in the sound design section, in the iMessage section where I'm showing the screen effects. Um, of course, I built a workflow thanks to Graham. Naturally. To show... Yep. To show off, uh, so Graham built a workflow for me to show off the visual differences between iOS iOS seven, eight, nine, and ten. And Mike provided all of the iOS nine screenshots. So thank you, Mike. Um, <laughs> That's I, been I don't a long know. Time. Miss- I can't even I imagine seen- how long it must have taken for you to do all the ones that you did, because just providing the <laughs> ones like the fifteen or whatever it took ages. Oh, do you do you want to know? Do you want to know how many screenshots I have? I, um, I do, but in a moment, because I have a whole quick fire round of stats that I want to get from you about this review. Okay. So, and finally, I, I just want to mention quickly for Club Mac Stories members, there's an ebook version. That ebook version is based on a custom script made by the crazy evil genius of Brett Terpstra. He made a custom script for us to convert my markdown file. Uh, straight to EPUB following the specifications of EPUB. So the aside boxes are converted to asides for EPUB. There's pull quotes. They also work in the ebook. The galleries are automatically unwrapped into single images because there's no gallery specification in the EPUB standard. And it's uh, just a, a better version of the ebook that we've done last year. And it's all automatic thanks to this script. Yeah. <laughs> To Mike's point about it feeling like a resource, I think the table of content slash index mechanism you have, so you can go in and say, oh, I I need to jump right to this subsection about this particular feature is a huge addition. So many times these things are just paginated and you kind of forget where you are or if you're going to read it in chunks, like I think most people will, it'll be really easy to remember where you were using that, uh, that navigation system you guys have. Well done. Yeah, you told me, like when I asked you, uh, I, I was like, Stephen, tell me which things you don't like about my iOS 9 review. And the first thing you told me, I remember, <laughs> you were like, it's difficult to navigate. And I'm like, okay, we're going we're gonna to improve that. And it, trust me, um, it took a lot of time to get the table of contents bar uh, to feel just right. Because, you know, on the web, it's not as easy as making iOS apps, which, is, which are fluid and, the, you know, the, the views are responsive. When you do things on the web, it's easy to get messed up, especially when, you know, when you start to customize WordPress and when you need to scale to, you know, a certain amount of page views and to keep performance up. So, you know, when you consider caching and all of these different things on the web, uh, so definitely the, the top navigation bar by far is the single aspect that took the most time to get right. To dream of one, two, three, the one, two, three brand has been fully realized with one, two, three trip planner, which made its uh, debut in the review. Yes. <laughs> which is so, amazing. <laughs> so, <laughs> backstory here. Um, a few months ago i think i was before i was leaving for vacation it was early august i was trying to finalize my iMessage section the collaborative apps and i didn't have any apps to show off what was possible with collaboration in iMessage so i i was thinking how can i how can i show these examples to people and make it understandable so i thought i should have frank made a make a mock up for me yeah our designer at relay fm Yes, he's amazing. And so I I asked Mike, and I was like, what do you think about this? So in the pro- as I was considering this idea, I was also trying to come up with a fictional example in my mind of describing 
a potential iMessage app with collaboration. And so I wrote the one through three trip planner text. I showed it to Mike. and was like, this is amazing, but I don't understand. So I got in touch with Frank. I sent Frank the draft of my review and I was like, read this text. Can you make it an iMessage app for me? And, you know, a couple of months later, there's one to three planner lives on, on in my iOS 10 review. So just to make sure this app doesn't actually exist, uh, readers, it's it's all, you know, pretend. Uh, but it's all technically accurate. It's real to me. <laughs> it's real in your heart, but it's not real on the App Store. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's all technically accurate. So we went through the documentation for the messages framework, the way that uh, the, the message bubbles collapse into summaries, the use of the icons, the use of full screen views. Yep. Uh, I, even I got to say, David, underscore David Smith, before we started this process, he made, <laughs> he quickly made a custom iMessage app for me to test that the calendar framework event kit could be accessed from an iMessage app. Yep. And he showed me screenshots of uh, reading calendar events inside messages. And he told me, yeah, you can, you can access the calendar, no problem. I was like, okay, so let's do this mock-up. And so, yeah, it was a good investment. Yeah, I, uh, I it really made me smile. I'm very happy that it exists, and I love that it is technically possible to make this application. And I'm I love that you went to that to that length. All right, let's do some quick fire statistics, Federico, about your review. Do you know how long it took you to write it? Do you know your time spent actually writing the review? Do you know how many hours it took? Writing, not researching. Writing. Let's say. I cannot tell you the hours because I don't keep track of hours. I'm sorry, I'm not like you and CGP. Um, That's probably a good thing for this, though. Yeah, uh, what I can tell you is I started writing on in early July. I got most of my writing done in 10 days in mid-July when Sylvia was not around and I spent like 15 hours a day writing for 10 days. But then... I kept writing even when she was back home. And I've basically been writing from July, from the first week of July until last week. Um, I took a break from when I was on vacation for a week in in the end of August. But uh, on average, I would say I worked on this for, on the writing alone for, I don't know, two months. Uh, On average, 10 hours a day. Do you know the, what is the exact word count? 50,000. It's it's all very rounded up nicely. But an image count? Uh, image count I don't know yet because I had to change the syntax to for image galleries. So we made custom shortcodes to use on, on Mac stories. And the, the, the links to the images are actually duplicate in my text sometimes. So I got to come, come up with the new rejects to count the links to the, to the screenshots. I can tell you that in my screenshots folder, which I cleaned up before starting taking screenshots on the GM. So all of the screenshots that you see have been taken on the GM seed of iOS 10. I made a point of not using pre-release screenshots, which is the detail that I really care about. Uh, in my screenshots folder, I see <laughs> 1,365 screenshots. Oh, wow. Okay. Lots. So, of course, 
these are single screenshots. They have been combined, rearranged, some not used. But I would say I wouldn't be surprised if, there, if in the review there's just short of 400 images, maybe. I can tell you that the ebook, which is assembled from all of the videos and all of the images, uh, it's 200 megabytes. So, you know, the text doesn't wait much, uh, but the, you know, the media is basically around 200 megabytes. Do you know how many espressos <laughs> you had? I, uh, on, on average, three to four a day. Okay. And uh, other interesting. Off now. Other, yeah, I can try. Other interesting stats for you. Um, the review has, I think, eighty-one or eighty-two footnotes, and if I'm not mistaken, three hundred and ten links. Wow. Um, what else? Twenty videos. An uncountable amount of Easter eggs. Oh yeah. Uh, the reason why the screenshots always take me so long is because I really care about them. So if you pay attention. In most screenshots, the battery is around 90%, so it looks nice and all filled up. Um, and all, every screenshot, I try to have, to capture a screen that looks nice or that has a reference or that has a funny joke. In fact, I didn't tell you, Mike, and you didn't notice them, but there's at least two other one, two, three themed references. Oh, I've seen references. some of them. I've seen oh, some yeah? of them. I've okay, seen the so references to the NX as well. Yes, uh, and I have also seen where I think you spell my name incorrectly, but we don't need to worry <laughs> about that for now. And where in the draft screenshots, unless you're referring to some other mic with an I. But hey, no, huh. that's autocorrect. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I assumed it was done by dictation, and then I just let you go. Uh, or maybe maybe there's another dictation. one. You know, no, it could have been dictation because I've also been using dictation in in drafts. Yep, so, yeah. It was in drafts, so that was what I'd assumed. One single tear is all it took. How, uh, how are you feeling? Did it feel good to publish this year? Is it going well so far? Are you happy? Like, Do you feel happy when you finish this? <laughs> if I'm happy. I'm happy. I am happy. But I, I think I'm fundamentally broken you know, in a sense that I'm already thinking about what else I can do. And like I'm, I'm recording now, and I'm just itching because I want to publish more stuff on Mac Stories. You have more to go um, still. And I'm just, I'm seeing the iWork updates on the App Store now, and I'm writing to the Mac Stories team on Slack and be like, somebody needs to cover this. And and I'm still thinking about, is there anything I should have done better? Is there anything I should have, you know, explained in different ways or more images, more videos? I am happy, but I'm also. I don't want to say unsatisfied because I'm uh, I am very much satisfied and it's a big milestone for me to to have done this and and you know it was my goal to leave something to uh, this sound grandiose in a sense that I'm not really that kind of person but I wanted to leave something to be remembered for in a way yeah it doesn't yeah. make any sense right? legacy I wanted to I wanted to leave yeah, I don't know legacy you know something that people can identify with um, so I'm very happy about that. But um, I mean, I I already have a, a note in my in my notes app iOS ten iOS eleven, you know. Um, so I'm constantly <laughs> so. I, and I was talking, I was talking to to Sylvia today. I was like, what can we do next year for the design? So there's no, it's it's all. And I think I have a this line in the review. Probably I I took it out. I don't remember. Uh, but everything is always flowing. 
you know, yeah. change is constant. And it's not just about Apple. It's not just about iOS. It's about me as well. The theme of change and the theme of... there's. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil one of the very final sentences. You can never be finished. You can only be relevant. Uh, I think that doesn't. I I wrote that about iOS 10 as much as I wrote it about me. <laughs> um, so I I I'm, I'm again I'm already thinking about what else I can do. Now it's not. I'm gonna take it easy. You know, I'm gonna not take a break because I I don't like breaks. Uh, I mean, when I was on vacation, uh, I, I didn't think about the review, but I organized the Club Back Stories anniversary month because I just I needed I needed something to to hold yeah. on to, you yeah. know. I but get it. it. It feels to answer your question. This is way too long. Um, it feels great. I'm very happy. I am happy today, right now. I'm happy. I will be happy tomorrow, but I'm already thinking about what else I can do. So we have uh, some quick connected QA from our audience about iOS 10 uh, and about the review. But before we do that, let me take a moment to thank Casper for sponsoring this week's episode. Casper is the company focused on sleep that has created the one perfect mattress that it will sell directly to you, the consumer, eliminating those commission-driven inflated prices that you'll be used to seeing in showrooms. Showrooms where you go in and you sit on a mattress and then you have to decide if you want to sleep on it forever. This is crazy. So, but so is ordering online, right? Like ordering a mattress online seems crazy, which is why Casper has thought of all of that. Casper offers free delivery and free returns on their mattresses. It's completely risk-free. If you're in the US or Canada, you'll get a 100-night home trial. And if you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything because Casper understands the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit. This is in their pricing because their pricing is really great. And it's also in the way that they sell the product to you by doing that 100-night home trial. That pricing, Casper... Mattresses start at just five hundred for a twin size, six hundred for a twin XL, seven fifty for a full, eight fifty for a queen, and nine fifty for a king. You'd be used to paying well over well over fifteen hundred dollars for a mattress. But Casper mattresses are greatly priced, and they're all made in America. It's an award-winning mattress developed in-house. Their engineers spent thousands of hours developing and perfecting. This mattress is obsessively engineered at a shockingly fair price, has a sleek design, and is delivered in an impossibly small box. Casper now also offers adaptive pillows and soft, breathable sheets, so you can have a lovely Casper experience in the entire bed that you will be sleeping in every night. Casper's mattress has springy latex and supportive memory foam. They come together to create a mattress that's got just the right sink and just the right bounce as a listener of this show you can get fifty dollars towards any mattress purchase by going to casper.com slash connected and using the code connected at checkout terms and conditions apply thank you so much to casper for their support of this show and relay fm all right federico are you ready for some connected qa from the listeners tebow wants to know what was the hardest part of writing the review (laughs) um from a technical point of view it was the messages section because i wanted to have i wanted it to be the focus of my review uh because i felt that it was the big deal it's a big deal messages and i i mean even the uh, i'm gonna give you another stat the messages section alone is ten thousand words it's the big meaty part of the review probably actually over probably like twelve thousand because i have some things to add in final revisions. And from a personal level, it was 
I'm trying to put this into words um, to find a way so my girlfriend wouldn't break up with me. Yeah. Uh, I just because I, w- I was obsessed. I, I I know she wouldn't. At least not for this. I hope. Well, um, you want to just not make it too difficult for her, right? Like you, you do, this. This should only take over your life, not hers as well. Exactly. And I was obsessed with this. And she told me because in every conversation I would bring up the review. It was either a screenshot that I needed to 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 have, or something with the website, or. You know, you know, some beta. The, uh, every conversation I was starting with her was about the review. She told me, look, I get it, but you're obsessed. And so the, from a personal point of view, and uh, I mean, I, I asked uh, at WWDC, John, for advice on this matter, to keep living a normal life while writing the review in the summer. And, and I'm still struggling with that because every year I... I mean, I told you, Mike, we were flying to San Francisco. I was like, yeah, you know, this year, uh, I think it's going to be easy because there's not going to be the major iPad yeah, stuff. I, I remember mean, that. It, as it turns out, I, I did it even bigger than last year. Uh, like Maybe I'm misremembering, but you seem in a much better state this year than you were last year. Yeah, for sure, because I got a lot done before going on vacation. Last year, I was freaking out because I wasn't ready with the with the actual content. But this time, I freaked out maybe the last week because of the design. We had so many bugs on the on the on the new layout and with so many technical problems. But you know, Ale is a crazy genius also, and he figured it all out. And we had a minor problem with caching today for five minutes. He took the website up again, and it was all done. So I uh, I didn't freak out for the content. I it was the design. So maybe next year will be something else. And maybe this is just the way that I am. I, I have to be nervous about something for, you know, for good performance, I guess. G-Time wants to know, uh, would you update an old device to iOS 10, like an iPad Air or an iPhone 5S? I honestly don't have a suggestion for that because I haven't tried. Um, my advice would probably be wrong because I... I'm sorry, but I honestly don't have the facts. <laughs> I haven't tested. I don't do performance reviews on Mac Stories. I try to focus on the experience. And I mean, performance is the experience, but I just, it's, I'm not that kind of reviewer, I guess. I, I don't compare multiple old devices. Also because I don't have them. I sell them. And I don't want to keep an archive of all of my old iOS devices and install the beta on each device. Because otherwise, if I were to do that, I wouldn't be able to focus on apps on developers, on software, I would only focus on hardware because otherwise I... You're aware though, is it, is it, a, a, is it a thing you should do or, or is it likely to cause I don't some know. issues? You don't know. I don't know. It's probably better. I don't know. I keep telling my friends every time you should update because it's better. But, you know, people then come back to me and say, hey, you told me to update, but it's actually made my phone slower. So I don't know. Or bricks them. Yeah. <laughs> Devin wants to know, what is the final iOS 10 behavior if mail.app is removed and you click a mail to link. It gives you an alert. There's a screenshot in the review. It tells you to go back to the app store and reinstall mail. You cannot change default links. I love it. It's like, hey, you idiot. We told you you shouldn't do it. You wanted to do it, and now you can't send email. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and John has a follow-up question. Will Apple ever include share extensions in mail? It's a very difficult problem because... Think about think about it this way. When you're in photos, you're sharing an image. When you're in 
you know, notes you're sharing text, what are you sharing when you're in mail? Are you sharing the plain text? Are you sharing the attachments? Are you sharing the email message like you like you can in, in Mac OS? You can just drag it out of mail and drop it on the desktop. That's probably what Apple wants you wants eventually to do, to have a single representation of an email message, like on macOS, but it's still not possible on iOS. So for now, you can only select text and share text. Or you can open an attachment in Quick Look and share it from there. It's a very difficult problem to have the share sheet in mail. Yeah, I mean, like an app like Airmail does it, but the Airmail's implementation works really well for power users. I don't know if it would exactly. work for everybody else. Exactly. And what would you tell your friends about iOS 10 to push them to upgrade? iMessage, for sure. I would show them iMessage. I would show them the fact that you can use WhatsApp with Siri. That 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 was a big seller in my conversation this summer about the beta. Um, a lot of my friends are so into WhatsApp. And to be able to message with Siri using WhatsApp, it's going to be great for them. But just stickers, iMessage, Siri and WhatsApp, and the new maps, I think, you know, that's about it. I'm surprised that Apple hasn't included all of the new, uh, I think it's Unicode 9 emoji. Yeah, that's going to come at a later update, as they always do. Yeah, I reckon that this is like, they want people to update for stickers, not emoji, right? And then they'll get them with the emoji later on. Well, they can use the same trick twice if they don't put them together. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so they have some emoji, but not all of the emoji that's in 9. So Federico... Congratulations on shipping your Thank review. You. It is incredible. I'm, I think I'm about a third of the way through. Uh, I, I'm doing what I always do, and just I don't go chronologically. I just pick the sections, um, and it is incredible. And you did a fantastic job, and you should be very proud of yourself. Thank you. All right. If you want to find links to this week's episode, you can go to relay.fm slash connected slash 108. You'll find links to a bunch of the apps and stickers that we spoke about, as well as, of course, uh, Federico's review is in there as well. If you want to find Federico's review and all of his work, go to maxstories.net. Uh, go sign up and become a Club Max Stories member because there's loads of extra stuff coming, right? For Club Max Stories members, there's always giveaways and exclusives and discounts and all that fun stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming this week. So you should go and get ahead of the curve and go to MacStories.net and sign up to become a Club MacStories member. If you want to find Steven online, he is at 512pixels.net and he is at ISMH on Twitter. Federico is at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. I didn't mention this until now, but I'm still in Portland, um, which is why I might sound weird to you. I, I don't have my usual recording equipment. Uh, and when I'm not in Portland, you can find me on Twitter. I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Uh, next week, I guess we're going to try and do our show notes in pages with collaboration, right? Everyone up for that? Yeah. <sighs> yeah? We're going to go for that? We can try. So that's something to look forward to, everyone. Uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks again to our sponsors for, for supporting us over this week's show. They are the great people over at Hover, Casper, and Braintree. Thank you for listening, as always, and we'll be back next time. Be careful with your iPhone updates. Say goodbye, guys. Arrivederci. Adios.